everyone. Welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. It's Jules. And this time around, I'm giving you a list of the U.S. fast food restaurants that you can find in Iceland, as well as how I've noticed that they may be similar or different from the ones in the States based off of menus that I've seen. So I've not been to all of these restaurants in the States. Of course, uh, I've not been to all of them in Iceland either, but I have looked a bit into some of them and I'm quite surprised at some of the, the differences. I'm not going to go over every possible thing on the menu, so no worries about that. <laughs> but I will definitely be using, you know, just some data that I found, specifically some menus, because I can't, due to IP issues, actually access some of the menus and websites in the United States, which I understand. I mean, they're not trying to cater to people here in Iceland. So due to that, I use like Instagram and then this one website that like showcases menus and stuff. This is not a sponsored episode, by the way. So this is just purely what I noticed about U.S. fast food restaurants here. And the fact that like it's not really talked about that much. Now, granted, I have to say that I'm more of a bigger advocate of trying local Icelandic restaurants and food. But I do know of many people that like to try U.S. fast food restaurants in other countries. And also, you might be surprised that some of these places might use local ingredients like here in Iceland, there are some, and I will talk about that. So in the event that I miss some you know, possible differences, because I will have in the show notes of this episode, allthingsiceland.com slash American dash restaurants dash in dash Iceland, where you can find all the locations of the places that I'm talking about. Of course, the names of all the restaurants and some, you know, differences in terms of what I've seen regarding menu items and what's available because may or may not shock you. <laughs> but if I missed anything, that's a big difference. Definitely, if you feel up to it, leave a comment on all things I send in the show notes uh, where you can, you know, kind of give your two cents about it. And I'd love to hear if you were surprised at all about the number of U.S. or American fast food restaurants in Iceland, because there's quite a few considering the size. I also want to mention that there are some U.S. fast food restaurants I'm going to mention after I've gone over the ones that are currently here that have failed, that are no longer in Iceland. And researching this, I was surprised to find that some of them had been here. And I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> because it was just before my time. So I got a kind of interesting insight into places why, you know, that had been here. And then, of course, in the other section of the podcast because I usually split it up with the main section is the topic. And then I go into the random fact of the episode. And lastly, I'm ending off with the Icelandic word of the episode. So in the random fact, I'm going to go into why some of these places did not make it, or at least according to, you know, one of the professionals here who works in the industry. So this is kind of interesting insight too, if you were ever wondering as to what could have caused these restaurants to no longer be able to function in an Icelandic fast food environment. All right, before I go into that, I do want to give a shout out to Meg Jean Fitz from the United States. She left a review for the All Things Iceland podcast, so thank you very much. And the title of it is Fabulous Cultural, Practical, and Language Iceland Info. And in it, she says, this is a must-listen-to podcast about Iceland, a stunning island of fire and ice. My husband and I were lucky to find it in preparation for a visit. Jules does a fabulous job sharing bite-sized cultural, practical, and language information about Iceland. Found it so informative, calming, and fun to listen to. 
we've kept it in our regular circulation. That warms my heart. Thank you so much, Meg Jean Fitz. And thank you to everybody who listens. If you do feel inclined to leave a review, it is greatly appreciated. It helps other people to know what kind of information or, you know, what the experience they will have listening to this podcast and also gives me good feedback as well. So always appreciate that. And you might find that your review gets read in one of the shows in the future. So yeah, hop on over to wherever you listen to your podcast in terms of platforms and leave a review if you feel so inclined to. All right, so we're going to jump into it. And I have to warn you that my descriptions of the food might make you hungry. (laughs) It did to me. It was very difficult to not snack and do all the research of looking at all the foods and stuff like that at the same time. It was was intense. Okay, I'm going to start with the fast food restaurant here that has the largest or greatest number of locations, and that is Domino's Pizza. And it by far has the most. So it's 18 locations in Iceland, and there are 31 types of pizzas to choose from where they've already selected the toppings. So whenever I say that, I'm talking about, you know, not the option to build your own, but literally if you scroll through and can pick any pizza, there are 31 of them for you to choose from. I did find it interesting, you know, not surprisingly though, that the most popular ingredient is pepperoni. 17 of the 31 pizzas have pepperoni on them. I think that's pretty much on par with the U.S. Nine of them have some sort of bacon bacon topping, nine with ham. Five of them have pineapple as a topping. And, you know, maybe things have changed in the U.S., but as far as I know, the Hawaiian in the U.S. is usually the one with the pineapple on it. I don't know if it's as popular. I know that a lot of Nordic countries seem to love pineapple as a topping, So you would definitely find in Iceland pineapple on your pizza. And if you haven't tried it, I recommend it. If you're just totally grossed out by it, to each their own, it's totally fine. (laughs) But I do recommend it. And then there are also two vegan pizzas on the menu. And I've had the vegan pizzas, both of them from from Domino's. And I enjoyed, I believe it's the one that has like this glaze or something. It's really tasty. So in the side categories though, there are at least 10 types of breadsticks, which when I looked into this, I was like, whoa. Most of them are savory. So like cheese filled, garlic flavored, spicy, and so on. But of course, you got to have dessert breadsticks, right? (laughs) Like cinnamon flavored, chocolate, and then ones filled with Nutella. So this is, again, I don't know if Nutella is really taken off the way that it is, uh, has in Nordic countries, but Nutella is definitely really big here and uh, to other Nordic, in other Nordic countries that I've been to. But one standout is that Domino's here has small potato wedges. And I don't recall ever seeing that Domino's pizza in the U.S. So they're literally translated as potato boats. (laughs) And then they have three varieties of chicken wings on offer, like barbecue, buffalo, buffalo hot wings. And then drinks wise, it's it's a Coca-Cola establishment in that, you know, that's who their loyalty lies with. And then there's Topper which is a brand of like Icelandic seltzer water. So what I noticed though, looking at the ingredients and I will give prices as well. That's what I, I don't know if I mentioned that in the beginning, that I'll do a little bit of like what pricing you can expect, because I think that is a big thing too. And I, you know, again, we love to hear if people hear like a huge difference in the pricing of what you're paying in the US. So in terms of what uh, they don't offer in Iceland, at least from what I you know saw from some menus that could be old, but who knows, there are no brownies. They're offered, there's no apple baked twists, no lava chocolate cake, 
Now, chicken bites and then the cheesy bread for Domino's on the U.S. site looks way cheesier than the one here in Iceland. So in Iceland, it's cheese filled, whereas in the Domino's one, it looks like it's cheese covered and cheese filled, which, you know, extra cholesterol, because why not at this point, you know, <laughs> you're eating out anyway. So here you can choose from small, medium and large size pizzas and the highest price for a small pizza that I saw was around $17, so $17.51. And then the highest price for a large pizza was $32.28. That's according to the exchange rate today when you hear this published. So obviously that can vary. And that doesn't include, of course, any other options in delivery. One thing to keep in mind is that there's always an offer, just like in the U.S. where there's always offers. And every Tuesday, they usually have some kind of deal so it's something to look out for if you happen to be in Iceland on a Tuesday and want to order pizza. And then they have this thing called Mega Week, Mega Viku is what it's tra like translated from. And that's when you can get a pizza on the menu, a large pizza for around $13 all week. It's a very popular option. All right. Then we're going to go on to Subway, which is the second. Now this, I knew Domino's had a lot, but I was surprised that Subway came in second for the most amount of locations and has 13 locations in the country. And there are 15 subs on the menu. Some of the varieties include chicken, steak, turkey, vegetable, ham, pizza, Italian, teriyaki flavored chicken, tuna fish, BLT, and vegetable patty. <laughs> and then cost wise, so they're always really pushing the six inch. And I wasn't sure in, in the US though, when I was looking at some of the advertisements that it seems like, you know, the foot long is the one that is pushed. And I remember they had the $5 foot long, but they stopped that. But here it's like the six inch and maybe it's again, a price thing. So the lowest cost for a six inch was $6 and 32 cents, which I actually thought was not bad because, you know, considering Iceland, <laughs> but then for the highest price of a, of a six inch was $9 and 13 cents. And then the highest price for a six inch. So this of course depends on ingredients. Like the lowest, the six inch at its lowest was basically the vegetable one. And it just had like tomatoes, lettuce, you know, like it didn't really have much on it and bread, of course, and whatever sauce. But then when you get to like the highest price for a six inch, which is $11, around $11, then you have, you know, the most, the one that comes with the most amount of toppings, unless you add something else yourself. And then the highest for a 12 inch or so foot long is $13 and 71 cents, so almost $14. There are just two types of cookies, chocolate cookie with white and milk chocolate chips and three types of potato chips. So when I looked at the one in the, in the US, the Subway, there are definitely a lot more cookie options, different types of cheeses. Like they, they had, you know, three or four types of cheeses here, but there were a lot more types of cheeses in the US on offer. You could put an egg on your sub. <laughs> Again, I have not been in the subway in a very long time, so I was not aware that there's so many things. You could put avocado, like a kind of guac, it looks like mashed avocado, it could be guacamole. And then there's a lot more sauces to choose from. And of course, like I mentioned, a lot more cookies and even like kind of dessert-ish types of things that are very interesting. So that in terms of variety for Subway is is less, but you know, it's not terrible, I would say, <laughs> in terms of when you think of who they're catering to and then the market itself, maybe they're not really. And avocado, I mean, avocado was so expensive in so many places, including Iceland. So maybe it was just a choice of like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that because it costs too much overhead. All right. Number three, in terms of 
locations is, I am not sure if I want to say this right. And it's terrible because it's technically, you know, it's, it started in New York, but Sabaro, I, I think it is Sabaro Pizza. It's S-B-A-R-R-O. And full disclosure, in New York City, I did not eat Sabaro Pizza. And I, there are a lot of, or there were a decent amount of them. I don't know how many there are now, but there were so many other pizza places to choose from that I enjoyed that this place was not really like top of my list of places I needed to go to. In terms of locations, there are 10 of this pizza chain in Iceland. And I think what's sneaky in terms of about this, in terms for me, is what I'm getting at regarding seeing them is that some of them are in gas stations, not all of them, but I think that for me ends up making it that, you know, I don't immediately know or see the logo. And I almost didn't even catch this one when I was creating this episode. I don't know what I was looking for. And this happened to pop up and I was like, oh, wow. Yes. If I recall correctly, it's from New York. And I looked it up and I was like, okay, yes, there's surprisingly a lot of them. So I'm glad I have it on the mini on the So I'm glad that I have it on the list and you can find 10 types of pizza to choose from. The highest price I saw was around 15 or $16 and then lowest was around $15. And they have Stromboli and that's around $8. So $8.37, again, totally up to the exchange rate at the time. So this can fluctuate quite a lot. But the U.S. dollar has always had the advantage over ISK. So usually, you know, it comes out better for you if you're having the U.S. dollar. I know there's many international people who listen to this. So you have a euro, you have a pound. But if you have a currency that is not as strong as the others, definitely anyone, I recommend, of course, to look at the exchange rate. But just check it just to see what this could mean for you in terms of spending money in any of these chains. But there's also pasta dishes. There's seven choices of pasta dishes here, and they range between $13 to $15. So like the most plain, which is like marinara sauce and pasta is $13. And then toppings on top of that would you know, end up being $15. Three types of salads that would be $13. And then they have like sides like buffalo wings, chocolate chip cookies, and garlic bread. So how this difference from, differs from the U.S., at least... And I was able to access the Savara website, which I was very surprised at that they allow access, but there are way more choices in Iceland than on the menu that's on their site. So it could be that it varies by location. It could be that they just haven't updated their site with all the things that are possible. I don't know. But there are, like in terms of pizza options, there's a lot in Iceland. And then there were the same number of Stromboli possibilities. Only two salads in the U.S. on that site, and then two pasta dishes. In comparison, like I mentioned, in Iceland, there are seven pasta dishes. And of course, breadsticks as a side. So yeah, it was um, super interesting, in my opinion, just for that particular one. I don't know how the pizza tastes, <laughs> so at your own risk. I'll just say that you know, Domino's is the most dominant in terms of pizza chains here. It doesn't mean it's the best pizza you can get in Iceland. And I actually have a place. And I'll talk about some local places. Maybe I'll make that as another episode. Some local places where you can get really delicious food that you might not be aware of or that, you know, it's not like necessarily always in the downtown area. And that would be really fun. In fact, I have a friend who is a food editor, oh, a food critic. And maybe I should bring her on for an interview and we do like a, a best of pick or something like that. 
But okay, on to the next one though. <laughs> so I don't get too, I don't dive too deep into that thought of the possibilities. And that is Kentucky Fried Chicken. KFC in Iceland is popular. So in terms of the amount of locations, if I'm correct about this, I have it listed here. There are six locations. And I feel like that might have, I'm not sure if it's always been six. It feels like there's more of them, but that might be because the advertisement of Kentucky Fried Chicken, they're in very advantageous positions regarding, you know, signage and places where people frequent, like you can see them off the highway and stuff like that. So they've done a really good job of that. And so they they also have, you know, in comparison to the U.S., like bucket of chicken where you can get the original, like just regular chicken. And then of course they have like a bucket of hot wings and those wings could be I said a bucket of hot wings, but it could be either a bucket of hot wings, bucket of buffalo hot wings, or a bucket of barbecue. So I'm just saying what it costs for the buckets of them, because the individual pieces are less expensive. But bucket of hot wings would cost you $20. Chicken wings, just regular, is $15.81. Popcorn chicken, they do have that here, is $8.71. A twister, which is a is like a burrito, they want to call it twister. And it is Again, also $8.71. A box master, which looks to me like a huge burrito. <laughs> it's just very large, big wrap around, you know, chicken and vegetables and stuff. And that is $9.91. Chicken sandwiches are as low as $9.31, but can go up to almost $12. And of course, you have chicken salads, $11.10. Coleslaw, $2.45. Corn on the cob, same price fries if you want that on the side. Of course, they always have, in all of these places, have what they call tilboth. Tilboth means on offer, you know, the what's the special. And so, of course, they have like bucket of chicken or even not chicken. And this is, I really want to, I'm going to get into it in a second, but this is very, very surprising to me. One of the huge differences in, between KFC in Iceland and KFC in the United States. But let me finish off with the surprising so sauces, they have barbecue, they have a chicken sauce, which is in essence gravy <laughs> made with chicken, cocktail sauce, ketchup, and hot sauce. So things like ketchup and, and hot sauce seem to be $0, but once you want to get like cocktail sauce or gravy or barbecue sauce, then it could go up to $2.45. There are milkshakes available for dessert, like chocolate, caramel, gingerbread, which I think is a seasonal thing, but they still have it on the menu anyway, and strawberry. And then if you want to buy a Goa Hroin chocolate bar, it's in essence made of Icelandic chocolate with some crispy bits and Hroin in Icelandic means lava. So that's Goa is the name of the company that makes it. So Goa Hroin is like, means literally Goa lava. And that for the shakes, it's around $5.62. And for the chocolate bar, it's like $1.40. So, okay. What we will find or won't find at least compared to the U.S. menus. And like I mentioned, the big thing is in the U.S., they keep rolling out every once in a while locations, vegan options. In Iceland, they are permanent on the menu. And I happened to work for, at the time, this is years ago now, Pippar, which is the, or one of the largest advertising agencies in the country. And they are the, you know, their client, I think their biggest client is KFC, and I remember when they were rolling this out and it was back in like, I don't know, 2020 maybe or 2019 uh, when they rolled out the not chicken and they literally call it Eki Kuklinger. So I'm not, <laughs> which the translation is not chicken. 
So we had like a company trip to go try the not chicken. And I think I was the only, I'm pretty sure I was the only vegan in the office. So we went, it was delicious. It was absolutely delicious. And many of them were like, I'd eat this instead of the chicken. And not to say they didn't want to eat chicken, but they were just like, this is a very, very delicious substitute. And I haven't been back for a while. I've thought about going back, especially now that they have the not chicken in a bucket, because that's what I wanted. Like before it was just like a sandwich or a wrap. And I was like, well, what if I just want pieces of not chicken and not, sounds weird to say that, of not chicken <laughs> and not worrying about like the bread and sauces that come with it, you know? or the, the toppings that they already have chosen. And that became a thing. So, and it's Veganuary also in Iceland. So Vegan January. So I think they're also just doing a deal potentially with that. But I love the fact that here, vegan slash vegetarian options are not something that's rolled out at special locations for a limited time. It is just always on the menu after popular demand. Because at first it was like that. But okay, things that you won't find here at least the current to the, according to the current menu that I'm telling you now, of course, things are subject to change, but this is what I'm aware of, is that there's no chicken pot pie. There are no biscuits. There, there's no like mac and cheese bowls. And then mashed potatoes, huge. It is so bizarre that mashed potatoes is not on the menu. Mashed potatoes and gravy, of course, are not on the menu here. And I just feel like when I was a kid and we would eat at KFC, which was still kind of rare, that the mashed potatoes and gravy is something that I remember looking forward to. And it's just like a staple along with the chicken. So yeah, I don't know what to say about that, but you do get French fries <laughs> with your stuff, if that matters. So that's just something to consider, I guess. Like that's an option of the potato and potatoes and icing are a big thing, but not mashed potatoes, at least at this place. So. Just be prepared for that. It's just, yeah, bizarre. Okay, next up, Taco Bell. They have one location. And after, you know, Taco Bell, all the rest of them are still only going to have one location. In Hapna Fjordur in particular. So on the website, it says they have the bacon quesadilla, crunch wrap supreme, taco supreme, gordita crunch, nacho supreme, fiesta potatoes, which look like just potatoes with a little bit of cheese on them. Cheese fries, volcano burrito, which I don't know if they have in the U.S., but, you know, Iceland volcano kind of makes sense. And then grilled stuffed burrito. There are other things too, but these are like the major things on the menu. And on the menu, it could be as little as like $6.67 for Nacho Supreme, all the way up to $14.06 for Crunchwrap Supreme. And that is not in a both in a an on offer where there's like a selection of different things that you would get, say like crunch wrap supreme soda and fries or something like that, or extra chips or something. That is not the case that I'm talking about. I'm just talking about you buying these things individually. So like, my memory of Taco Bell as a kid was that it was not very expensive. And I definitely wouldn't have paid this price. I mean, it wouldn't have my allowance wouldn't have allowed it. <laughs> so that is just kind of an interesting thing too. To keep in mind, if you're really into Taco Bell, what I didn't see, according to in the U.S., was there no Mexican pizza, which I don't know if that's a new thing, but I just remember looking on Taco Bell's Instagram and like, wow, okay, they have Mexican pizza, whatever, you know, that means, I guess it's just a bunch of <laughs> things in shape of pizza. Because, I mean, I don't know if Mexican pizza in Mexico exists. That's what I'm saying. And then breakfast options. That was pretty new to me as well. That That is a choice at Taco Bell. No whip freeze, which is a type of drink. 
There's no double decker. There's no Doritos Locos Taco. And there are no desserts, at least according to the Taco Bell website. So just keep yourself, you know, prepared for that if you were to come to Taco Bell here. Next is Pizza Hut. They have one location and there are 17 pizzas, 10 with pepperoni. A small pizza can range from $9.07, literally just a cheese pizza, to $14. And that, of course, depending on the ingredients on the already designed or, you know, types of pizzas you can choose from. But a large pizza can cost between $16.10 and $27.35. The sides include breadsticks, garlic breadsticks, cheese-filled breadsticks, boneless wings, nachos, and fries. And it's so funny that there's literally the same drink options as Sbarro, which is like Pepsi, 7-Up, Mountain Dew, Applesine, which is an Icelandic orange soda, and then Kristall, which is an Icelandic brand of seltzer water, uh, and then two types of juice that you can find here in Iceland. The dessert that you can possibly get if you want from Pizza Hut is chocolate cake. So what's different in, in the U.S. is that there are also 10 pizzas on the U.S. site that I saw but I noticed that they have so many types of ways that it could have been made. So it could be hand-tossed, it could be a pan pizza, thin and crispy, stuffed crust, skinny slice. <laughs> I was like, wow. So in the U.S., it's like so many options. And in Iceland, at least according to what I saw online, that is not an option that you have. It is that you get the pizza according to what ingredients that you, you, have, you want if it's already made, you could, of course, create your own, but there's not all these like hand toss pan, you know, whatever. And also in the U.S., they point out that they have an option for gluten-free pizza, which you can make you on your own, which I know there are plenty of people who are finding that they're gluten sensitive or may even have celiac disease. So that's nice to be able to go out and have pizza, you know, with other people who might not have the same issue. Regarding pasta, wings, breadsticks, cheese sticks, fries, and jalapenos, that was, of course, the same or similar on the U.S. menu, but there just seemed to be a little bit more variety. And then for dessert, there was definitely more variety than the hot chocolate cake or lava chocolate cake here in Iceland. So in the U.S., it seems that Hershey has some deal with Pizza Hut because there's a Hershey toasted s'mores cookie and chocolate brownie. It's also a Hershey's chocolate chip cookie, cinnamon sticks, and apple pies. And then a decent amount of sauces. So like if you wanted sauces for like blue cheese and whatever else, maybe for your wings, I guess, or, you know, breadsticks, I don't know. So there was just more variety, it seems, you know, on the U.S. menus than here in Iceland. So, and of course, I don't believe Hershey would ink a deal here just because a lot of chocolate manufacturers or a decent amount of chocolate manufacturers in Iceland Maybe that's a missed opportunity for some chocolate uh, companies here to have like a signature dish at a franchise, but I don't know, maybe they'll listen to this podcast or come up with it on their own. Who knows? So the last one on this list that I found and has one location is TGIF, TGI Fridays. And this list was a little bit strange. So this is in... Smaurland, which is the mall or one of the malls here in Iceland. And they're in this area that's like a food court area. To start off with, what I found were two different menus. And I think the takeaway menu was during the time when people were a lot more cautious regarding COVID. That has not been a thing as of recently, even though there's a potential for an upswing that's being talked about. 
But I'm going to read off at least what I found and then, you know, go into what I've seen as difference in the U.S., at least based off of advertisements. So TGI Friday's barbecue ribs is definitely the signature here. And for a whole rack of them, it, you would pay $28. And this, of course, comes with sides. So all the things I'm talking about with these main dishes, they come with, you know, vegetables or fries or whatever else. So $28. And then for half a rack of ribs is $19.90. And they have their signature glazed, which is $28, the glazed ribs. And then Friday's 200 gram steak, which is quite hefty, that's $32.70. They have like their signature chicken, $22 for two breasts, and then $20 just for one. Bacon cheeseburger, $16, around $17 almost. Renee's burger, $20. Chicken sandwich, $18. Ultimate double burger, $22. So as you're getting, you can see that the range is like the lowest you'll pay for Maine is $17.93. And that is for a grilled chicken Caesar salad. Whereas the most, of course, would be for the steak, which is $32.70. So I think that's pretty on par. And I'm not saying the price necessarily, but like types of dishes that you find at TGI Friday's. On the takeaway menu that I saw, and I, I think they might have this on the full menu because when I saw the menu that comes up as a PDF, it seemed kind of small, but the takeaway menu is a lot more extensive. So the appetizers there, like mozzarella sticks, sesame chicken strips, chicken wings, all that stuff, range from around $11 to $18, whereas like main dishes, like I mentioned, the range there. And then there were just like a lot more options in general, like a Beyond Burger in the event that you're a vegetarian, it says it's vegetarian, so not vegan, but maybe they can make it vegan by not putting mayonnaise on it or, you know, whatever else that could make it to have probably some kind of dairy or egg. I saw, though, on Iceland's TGI Friday's Facebook photo post that there are potato skins. However, there are no potato skins on their actual menu anywhere that I found. And I, again, I have not been to the actual location. So that was really surprising to me because it seems like potato skins is something that TGI Friday in the U.S. like prides themselves on being like on their menu and a lot of people love them. And also the posts on Facebook look quite generic. It looked like from corporate headquarters of TGI Friday, they have standard photos that their franchises can use because again, like it didn't really match what I was finding on the menu necessarily according to TGI Friday's license website. So just something to keep in mind. They do seem to serve drinks, like alcoholic drinks. That is a thing that I remember being at TGI Friday's. But they weren't really going into that on the menu. And I think that's also, like in Iceland, you're not really supposed to advertise alcohol and stuff like that. So that could be the reason why. So in the U.S., there were on their menus loaded Southwest potato twists. I don't think you're going to find that at all in Iceland. Fried and battered shrimp wasn't on the menu here. And then I didn't see any desserts on the online menus in Iceland. I think that maybe they're just not updating them. It must be because that seems really odd to have a location like this, to have all these other things that are very dinner orientated and then you're, you don't have dessert. So I might just have to take a trip over there, check it out <laughs> for research, you know, but it's been super busy here. So unfortunately I can't get to all the places before putting out this episode, but if you have been, you want to drop in the comments, 
about any desserts you've seen or other items on the menu, feel free to do so. I'm always happy to include things in the show notes just to kind of keep things more up to date or, you know, informative, basically is what I'm trying to say. All right, now we're going to move on to restaurants that are no longer in Iceland. So they came, they tried, they failed, unfortunately. For them, I mean, you know, maybe it's better off for local restaurants, but it is quite fascinating. Start off with the most surprising for many is McDonald's. Next is Dunkin' Donuts, Krispy Kreme, Ruby Tuesdays, Burger King, Popeyes, Papa John's, Dairy Queen, and Little Caesars. So yeah, these are all the ones that have been to Iceland and set up shop. Some of them are really great locations. Like Dunkin' Donuts was downtown on Lögerveir, well, Bankostrætti, I think, technically. And it seemed to be all right. But yeah, it just didn't work out. And like I mentioned, some of these places were before my time. But I do remember Krispy Kreme. I do remember Ruby Tuesdays. The other ones, I was not aware, for instance, that Dairy Queen had been here. Ice cream, if you heard some of my other episodes, you would know ice cream is a huge thing here. People love their ice cream. So Dairy Queen would have, Dairy Queen, excuse me, would have had to really bring, you know, something so different than what Icelanders are used to, which I do think they have different things, but the amount of ice cream shops in this country is incredible. In fact, I should probably do an episode about that, <laughs> that industry too, because it's, it's amazing how much Icelanders love their ice cream and the amount of ice cream shops that are still going strong and they stay up, they stay open late as well. That's how you know they're doing well, because if they can afford to have employees, like overhead in terms of employees is so expensive in Iceland. That's usually what hurts a lot of companies. And yeah, they will usually stay open until like 11 because people will go and get ice cream at all times of the day and, and the night. So you might be wondering, like I'd mentioned earlier, what caused these restaurants to fail while others still stuck around? So I'm going to move on to the random fact of the episode so you don't have to wait too much longer to find out at least one of the main reasons. And I have two random facts of the episode. The first, and I'd love for you to take a guess, the oldest surviving foreign food chain, so U.S. foreign food chain restaurant in Iceland is KFC. They opened in 1980 in Hapnafjörður. And like I mentioned, they have six locations now. And they also have like, you know, similar to McDonald's where they have the like slide <laughs> and places for children to play and stuff like that. They, they do that at KFC here because kids are such an integral part. And going to KFC was more like a family event for many people. I think that has sort of changed. And Icelanders would say in Icelandic that they're going to Kentucky. Like, Let's go to Kentucky. And, you know, to someone from the outside that might be like, what? <laughs> are we just going on an afternoon trip to Kentucky? That's kind of right. But of course they meant KFC. Regarding why some of these places that I mentioned earlier didn't make it. And this is a quote from the Reykjavik Grapevine. And they're quoting Davi Thorlaxon uh, in 2019, who at the time was a director of competitiveness at the Confederation of Icelandic Enterprise. And I do feel like this is something that's still very much a factor. So according to Davi, the country's geographical isolation leads to higher transportation costs that pose problems for restaurants that need to import a large portion of their resources. KFC and Domino's proudly use Icelandic products in their food. McDonald's, on the other hand, sourced its materials from the corporation's supplier in Germany. 
the Icelandic krona fell significantly against the euro and everything else after the 2008 banking crisis and the resulting price increase management believed would be too high. Davith pointed out that fluctuation of the ISK, so the Icelandic kronor, poses a risk for everybody doing business in Iceland. For foreign restaurant chains, the problem is that all income is in Icelandic kronor, while many resources need to be imported and purchased in a foreign currency, and the chains will expect their dividends in their local currency. This can create an imbalance that can be mitigated with cost with costly hedging. End quote. So yeah, again, you know, this is to me not surprising because I live here, but for others, hearing that it's so expensive to get ingredients might be like, wow, that's insane to think that you had to buy a bag of onions from Germany specifically to be in line with McDonald's branding and taste quality and stuff like that. Which, you know, beer people who have their own opinions, I'll say, <laughs> about that. And McDonald's, even though it's not here, there is a restaurant called Metro. So the same owner of McDonald's basically made what would be considered like a replica, but it isn't the same as McDonald's. I mean, people keep saying it's the same. It's like it's not. They don't have the branding. You're not getting the same ingredients. You have similar ingredients. So if you do want to try Icelandic version of McDonald's, you can go to Metro but it is technically different. And if it makes people happy, great. But I think you can't just, you know, slap on another label and not have the same ingredients and, you know, quality. And I'm saying, I'm using quality loosely, meaning like everybody might not feel that McDonald's is quality at all, (laughs) but products that they consider to be in line with their brand. I'll say it like that. Uh, And then call it, you know, McDonald's 2.0 or something. It, It isn't McDonald's. So I try to be really careful about that just because I don't want to mislead people into thinking it's something it's not, but at least you're aware of it. And if you want to try, that is a local chain that's here. And there are a few of them that are around in the Reykjavik area. And also, I guess I have three random facts. Well, there is the last McDonald's hamburger and fries on display. And I'll put a link in the show notes about it. Uh, It's creepy. It, I think it turned 10 or something like that. It's still still no mold or whatever on it. And I know what you're thinking. That's disgusting. And I'd have to agree with you. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. This is even a possibility. But it is on display in just like this random location that people wanted to see it. Or it even might, it might even be that it's a live feed. I have to look into it. But you'll see the link in the show notes if you want to check it out. And then lastly, the Icelandic word of the episode is skindibite. And that means fast food. So now you at least know the name for all the food, or the category, I should say, of the food that I've been discussing in this episode. I appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to try one of the U.S. food chains here, definitely go for it. And like mentioned, there are some that source directly from Iceland. So if you were to eat at Domino's or KFC, at least you know you're getting that version of ingredients from the country. And that may or may not, you know, play a role in the taste for you, uh, whether it's better or not as good than the place in which you normally get your food from, you know, KFC wise or whatever, Domino's, Pizza Hut, all of those. So appreciate you listening. 
feel free to share this with other people who you know are coming here. And it might be those who like to go to different countries and of course try local cuisine, but also try food chains that they are familiar with from wherever they live.
Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland, it's Jules, and this time around I'm giving you a list of the U.S. fast food, and this time around I'm giving you a list of the U.S. fast food restaurants that you can find in Iceland, as well as how I've noticed that they may be similar or different from the ones in the States based off of menus that I've seen. So I've not been to all of these restaurants in the States. Of course, uh, I've not been to all of them in Iceland either, but I have looked a bit into some of them and I'm quite surprised at some of the, the differences. I'm not going to go over every possible thing on the menu, so no worries about that. <laughs> but I will definitely be using, you know, just some data that I found, specifically some menus because I can't do the IP issues uh, actually access some of the menus and websites in the United States, which I understand, I mean, they're not trying to cater to people here in Iceland. So due to that, I use like Instagram and then this one website that like showcases menus and stuff. This is not a sponsored episode, by the way. So this is just purely what I noticed about US fast food restaurants here. And the fact that like, it's not really talked about that much. Now, granted, I have to say that I'm more of a bigger advocate of trying local Icelandic restaurants and food, but I do know of many people that like to try U.S. fast food restaurants in other countries. And also, you might be surprised that some of these places might use local ingredients. Like here in Iceland, there are some, and I will talk about that. So in the event that I miss some you know, possible differences because I will have in the show notes of this episode, allthingsiceland.com slash American dash restaurants dash in dash Iceland, where you can find all the locations of the places that I'm talking about. Of course, the names of all the restaurants and some, you know, differences in terms of what I've seen regarding menu items and what's available because may or may not shock you. <laughs> but if I missed anything, that's a big difference. Definitely, if you feel up to it leave a comment on all things I send in the show notes, uh, where you can, you know, kind of give your two cents about it. And I'd love to hear if you were surprised at all about the number of us or American fast food restaurants in Iceland, because there's quite a few considering the size. And I also want to mention that there are some us fast food restaurants. I'm going to mention after I've gone over the ones that are currently here, that have failed, that are no longer in Iceland. And researching this, I was surprised to find that some of them had been here. And I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> because it was just before my time. So I got a kind of interesting insight into places why, you know, that had been here. And then, of course, in the other section of the podcast, because I usually split it up with the main section, it's the topic. And then I go into the random fact of the episode. And lastly, I'm ending off with the Icelandic word of the episode. So in the random fact, I'm going to go into why some of these places did not make it. Or at least according to, you know, one of the professionals here who works in the industry. So this is kind of interesting insight too, if you were ever wondering as to what could have caused these restaurants to no longer be able to function in an Icelandic fast food environment. All right, uh, before I go into that, I do want to give a shout out to Meg Jean Fitz from the United States. She left a review for the All Things Iceland podcast, so thank you very much. And the title of it is Fabulous Cultural, Practical, and Language Iceland Info. And in it, she says, 
This is a must-listen-to podcast about Iceland, a stunning island of fire and ice. My husband and I were lucky to find it in preparation for a visit. Jules does a fabulous job sharing bite-sized cultural, practical, and language information about Iceland. We found it so informative, calming, and fun to listen to. We've kept it in our regular circulation. That warms my heart. Thank you so much, Meg Jean Fitz. And thank you to everybody who listens. If you do feel inclined to leave a review, it is greatly appreciated. It helps other people to know what kind of information or, you know, what the experience they will have listening to this podcast and also gives me good feedback as well. So always appreciate that. And you might find that your review gets read in one of the shows in the future. So yeah, hop on over to wherever you listen to your podcast in terms of platforms and leave a review if you feel so inclined to. All right, so we're going to jump into it. And I have to warn you that my descriptions of the food might make you hungry. (laughs) It did to me. It was very difficult to not snack and, you know, do all the research of looking at all the foods and stuff like that at the same time. It It was intense. Okay. The, I'm going to start with the fast food restaurant here that has the largest or greatest number of locations, and that is Domino's Pizza, and it by far has the most. So it's 18 locations in Iceland, and there are 31 types of pizzas to choose from where they've already selected the toppings. So whenever I say that, I'm talking about, you know, not the option to build your own, but literally if you scroll through and can pick any pizza, there are 31 of them for you to choose from. I did find it interesting, you know, not surprisingly though, that the most popular ingredient is pepperoni. 17 of the 31 pizzas have pepperoni on them. I think that's pretty much on par with the U.S. Nine of them have some sort of bacon, bacon topping, nine with ham. Five of them have pineapple as a topping. And you know, maybe things have changed in the U.S., but as far as I know, the Hawaiian in the U.S. is usually the one with the pineapple on it. I don't know if it's as popular. I know that a lot of Nordic countries seem to love pineapple as a topping. So you would definitely find in Iceland pineapple on your pizza. And if you haven't tried it, I recommend it. If you're just totally grossed out by it, to each their own. It's totally fine, <laughs> but I do recommend it. And then there are also two vegan pizzas on the menu. And I've had the vegan pizzas, both of them from, from Domino's. And I enjoyed, I believe it's the one that has like this glaze or something. It's really tasty. Uh, so in the side categories though, there are at least 10 types of breadsticks, which when I looked into this, I was like, whoa, most of them are savory. So like cheese filled, garlic flavored, spicy, and so on. But of course, You got to have dessert breadsticks, right? (laughs) Like cinnamon flavored, chocolate, and then one's filled with Nutella. So this is, again, I don't know if Nutella is really taken off the way that it is, uh, has in Nordic countries, but Nutella is definitely really big here and uh, to other Nordic, in other Nordic countries that I've been to. But one standout is that Domino's here has small potato wedges. And I don't recall ever seeing that Domino's pizza in the U.S., um, they're literally translated as potato boats <laughs> and then they have three varieties of chicken wings on offer like barbecue buffalo buffalo hot wings and then drinks wise it's, it's a coca-cola establishment in that you know that's who their loyalty lies with and then there's topper which is a brand of like Icelandic seltzer water so what I noticed, though, looking at the ingredients, and I will give prices as well. That's why I, I don't know if I mentioned that in the beginning. But I'll do a little bit of like 
what pricing you can expect because I think that is a big thing too. And I, you know, again, would love to hear if people hear like a huge difference in the pricing of what you're paying in the US. So in terms of what uh, they don't offer in Iceland, at least from what I, you know, saw from some menus that could be old, but who knows? There are no brownies. They're offered, there's no apple baked twists, no lava chocolate cake, no chicken bites. And then the cheesy bread for Domino's on the U.S. site looks way cheesier than the one here in Iceland. So in Iceland, it's cheese filled, whereas in the Domino's one, it looks like it's cheese covered and cheese filled, which, you know, extra cholesterol, because why not at this point? You know, <laughs> you're eating out anyway. So here you can choose from small, medium and large size pizzas and the highest price for a small pizza that I saw was around $17 to $17.51. And then the highest price for a large pizza was $32.28. That's according to the exchange rate today. So when you hear this published, so obviously that can vary. And that doesn't include, of course, any other options in delivery. One thing to keep in mind is that there's always an offer, just like in the US, but there's always offers. And every Tuesday, they usually have some kind of deal so it's something to look out for if you happen to be in Iceland on a Tuesday and want to order pizza. And then they have this thing called Mega Week, uh, Mega Viku is what it's tra- like translated from. And that's when you can get a pizza on the menu, a large pizza for around $13 all week. It's a very popular option. All right. Then we're going to go on to Subway, which is the second. Now this, I knew Domino's had a lot. But I was surprised that Subway came in second for the most amount of locations and has 13 locations in the country. And there are 15 subs on the menu. Some of the varieties include chicken, steak, turkey, vegetable, ham, pizza, Italian, teriyaki flavored chicken, tuna fish, BLT, and vegetable patty. (laughs) And then cost wise, so they're always really pushing the six inch. And I wasn't sure in, in the US though, when I was looking at some of the advertisements that it seems like you know, the foot long is the one that is pushed. And I remember they had the $5 foot long, but they stopped that. But here it's like the six inch and maybe it's again, a price thing. So the lowest cost for a six inch was $6 and 32 cents, which I actually thought was not bad cons- you know, considering Iceland, <laughs> but then for the highest price of a, of a six inch was $9 and 13 cents. And then lo- the highest price for a six inch. So this of course, depends on ingredients like the lowest the six inch at its lowest was basically the vegetable one and it just had like tomatoes lettuce you know like it didn't really have much on it and bread of course and whatever sauce but then when you get to like the highest price for a six inch which is eleven dollars around eleven dollars then you have you know the most the one that comes with the most amount of toppings unless you add something else yourself and then the highest for a 12 inch or foot long is $13.71, so almost $14. There are just two types of cookies, chocolate chip and chocolate chip chocolate cookie with white and milk chocolate chips, and three types of potato chips. So when I looked at the one in the, in the US, the Subway, there are definitely a lot more cookie options, different types of cheeses. Like they, they had, you know, three or four types of cheeses here, but there were a lot more types of cheeses in the U.S. on offer. You could put an egg on your sub. <laughs> Again, I have not been subbing in a very long time, so I was not aware that there's so many things. You could put avocado, like a kind of gua- looks like mashed avocado, could be guacamole. 
And then there's a lot more sauces to choose from. And of course, like I mentioned, a lot more cookies and even like kind of dessert-ish types of things that are really interesting. So that in terms of variety for Subway is is less, but, you know, it's not terrible, I would say, <laughs> in terms of when you think of who they're catering to and then the market itself, maybe they're not really. And avocado, I mean, avocado was so expensive in so many places, including Iceland. So maybe it was just a choice of like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that because it costs too much overhead. All right. Number three in terms of locations is, I, I'm not sure if I want to say this right. And it's terrible because it's technically, you know, it's, it started in New York, but Sabaro, <laughs> I, I think it is Sabaro Pizza. It's S-B-A-R-R-O. And full disclosure, in New York City, I did not eat Sabaro pizza. And I there are a lot of, or there were a decent amount of them. I don't know how many there are now. But there were so many other pizza places to choose from that I enjoyed that this place was not really like top of my list of places I needed to go to. In terms of locations, there are 10 of this pizza chain in Iceland. And... I think what's sneaky in terms of about this, in terms for me, what I'm getting at regarding seeing them is that some of them are in gas stations, not all of them, but I think that for me ends up making it that, you know, I don't immediately know or see the logo. And I almost didn't even catch this one when I was creating this episode. I don't know what I was looking for. And this happened to pop up and I was like, oh, wow, yes. If I recall correctly, it's from New York and I looked it up. And it's like, okay, yes, there's surprisingly a lot of them. So I'm glad I have it on the mini on the, so I'm glad that I have it on the list and you can find 10 types of pizza to choose from. The highest price I saw was around 15 or $16 and then lowest was around $15 and they have Stromboli and that's around $8. So $8 and 37 cents again totally up to the exchange rate at the time so this can fluctuate quite a lot but the u.s dollar has always had the advantage over isk so usually you know it comes out better for you um if you're having u.s dollar i know there's many international people who listen to this so if you have a euro pound uh, but if you have a currency that is not as strong as the others definitely anyone i recommend of course to look at the exchange rate but just check it just to see what this could mean for you in terms of spending money in any of these chains. But there's also pasta dishes. There's seven choices of pasta dishes here and they range between 13 to $15. So like the most plain, which is like marinara sauce and pasta is $13. And then toppings on top of that would you know, end up being $15. Three types of salads that would be $13. And then they have like sides like buffalo wings, chocolate chip cookies, and garlic bread. So how this difference from, differs from the U.S. at least, and I was able to access the Savara website, which I was very surprised at that they allow access, but there are way more choices in Iceland than on the menu that's on their site. So it could be that it varies by location. It could be that they just haven't updated their site with all the things that are possible. I don't know. But um, there are, like in terms of pizza lo- pizza options, there's a lot in Iceland. And then there were the same number of Stromboli possibilities. Only two salads in the U.S. on that site. And then two pasta dishes. In comparison, like I mentioned, 
in Iceland, there are seven pasta dishes. And of course, breadsticks as a side. So yeah, it was um, super interesting, in my opinion, just for that particular one. I don't know how the pizza tastes, (laughs) so at your own risk. I'll just say that, you know, Domino's is the most dominant in terms of pizza chains here. It doesn't mean it's the best pizza you can get in Iceland, and I actually have a place. And I'll talk about some local places. Maybe I'll make that as another episode, some local places where you can get really delicious food um, that you might not be aware of or that, you know, it's not like necessarily always in the downtown area. And that would be really fun. In fact, I have a friend who is a food editor, oh, a food critic. And maybe I should bring her on for an interview and we do like a, a best of pick or something like that. But okay, on to the next one though. <laughs> so I don't get too, I don't dive too deep into that thought of the possibilities. And that is Kentucky Fried Chicken. KFC in Iceland is popular. So... In terms of the amount of locations, if I'm correct about this, I have it listed here. There are six locations. And I feel like that might have, I'm not sure if it's always been six. It feels like there's more of them, but that might be because the advertisement of Kentucky Fried Chicken, they're in very advantageous positions regarding, you know, signage and places where people frequent, like you can see them off the highway and stuff like that. So they've done a really good job of that. And so they they also have, you know, in comparison to the U.S., like bucket of chicken where you can get uh, the original, like just regular chicken. And then, of course, they have like a bucket of hot wings and those wings could be, I said a bucket of hot wings, but it could be either a bucket of hot wings, bucket of buffalo hot wings or a bucket of barbecue. So I'm just saying what it costs for the buckets of them because the individual pieces are less expensive, but Bucket of hot wings would cost you twenty dollars. Um, chicken wings, just regular, is fifteen dollars and eighty-one cents. Popcorn chicken, they do have that here, is eight dollars and seventy-one cents. A twister, which is a is like a burrito, but they want to call it twister, and it is again also eight dollars and seventy-one cents. A box master, which looks to me like a huge burrito, <laughs> it's just very large. A uh, big wrap around, you know, chicken and vegetables and stuff, and that is nine dollars ninety one cents. Chicken sandwiches are as low as nine dollars and thirty one cents, but can go up to almost twelve dollars. And of course, you have chicken salads, eleven dollars and ten cents. Coleslaw, two dollars and forty five cents. Corn on the cob, same price. Fries, if you want that on the side. Of course, they always have, and all of these places have what they call tilboth. Tilboth means on offer you know, the, what's the special. And so of course they have like bucket of chicken or even not chicken. And this is, I really want to, I thought I'm going to get into it in a second, but this is very, very surprising to me. One of the huge differences in between KFC and Iceland and KFC in the United States. But let me finish off with the surprising. So sauces, they have barbecue, they have a chicken sauce, which is in essence gravy (laughs) made with chicken, cocktail sauce, ketchup, and hot sauce. So Things like ketchup and, and hot sauce seem to be $0, but once you want to get like cocktail sauce or gravy or barbecue sauce, then it could go up to $2.45. There are milkshakes available for dessert, like chocolate, caramel, gingerbread, which I think is a seasonal thing, but they still have it on the menu anyway, and strawberry. And then if you want to buy a Goa Hroin chocolate bar, it's in essence made of Icelandic chocolate with some crispy bits and hroin in Icelandic means lava. So that's 
Goa is the name of the company that makes it. So Goa Hroin is like means literally Goa lava. And that for the shakes, it's around five dollars and sixty-two cents. And for the chocolate bar, it's like dollar forty. So okay, what we will find or won't find, at least compared to the US menus, and like I mentioned, the big thing is in the US they keep rolling out every once in a while locations, vegan options. In Iceland, they are permanent on the menu. And I happened to work for, at the time, this is years ago now, Pippar, which is the, or one of the largest advertising agencies in the country. And they are the, you know, their client, I think their biggest client is KFC. And I remember when they were rolling this out and it was back in like, I don't know, 2020 maybe or 2019, uh, when they rolled out the not chicken and they literally call it Eki Kuklinger. So I'm not, <laughs> which the translation is not chicken. So uh, we had like a company trip to go try the not chicken. And I think I was the only, I'm pretty sure I was the only vegan in the office. So we went, it was delicious. It was absolutely delicious. And many of them were like, I'd eat this instead of the chicken. And not to say they didn't want to eat chicken, but they were just like, this is a very, very delicious substitute. And I haven't been back for a while. I've thought about going back, especially now that they have the not chicken in a bucket because that's what I wanted. Like before it was just like a sandwich or a wrap. And I was like, well, what if I just want pieces of not chicken and not, it sounds weird to say that, of not chicken <laughs> and not worrying about like the bread and the sauces that come with it, you know, or the, the toppings that they already have chosen. And that became a thing. So, and it's Veganuary also in Iceland. So Vegan January. So I think they're also just doing a deal potentially with that. But I love the fact that here, vegan slash vegetarian options are not something that's rolled out at special locations for a limited time it is just always on the menu after popular demand because at first it was like that but okay things that you won't find here at least according to the according to the current menu that i'm telling you now of course things are subject to change but this is what i'm aware of is that there's no chicken pot pie there are no biscuits there there's no like mac and cheese bowls um and then mashed potatoes huge it is so bizarre it is so bizarre that mashed potatoes is not on the menu mashed potatoes and gravy of course are not on the menu here and i just feel like when i was a kid and we would eat at kfc which was still kind of rare that the mashed potatoes and gravy is something that i remember looking forward to and it's just like a staple along with the chicken so yeah, I don't know what to say about that, but you do get French fries <laughs> with your stuff, if that matters. Uh, so that's just something to consider, I guess. Like that's an option of the potato and potatoes and icin are a big thing, but not mashed potatoes, at least at this place. So just be prepared for that. It's just, yeah, bizarre. Okay, next up is what you crave. Taco Bell. <laughs> and oh God, that sounded like a terrible type of advertisement. It's not, <laughs> but I just thought it would be funny. And that might not even be what their slogan is anymore. They have one location. And after, you know, Taco Bell, all the rest of them are still only going to have one location in Hapnafjörður in particular. So on the website, it says they have the bacon quesadilla, crunch wrap supreme. Taco Supreme, Gordita Crunch, Nacho Supreme, Fiesta Potatoes, which look like just potatoes with a little bit of cheese on them, Cheese Fries, Volcano Burrito, which I don't know if they have in the U.S., but, you know, Iceland, Volcano, 
kind of makes sense. And then grilled stuffed burrito. There are other things too, but these were like the major things on the menu. And on the menu, it could be as little as like $6.67 for Nacho Supreme, all the way up to $14.06 for Crunchwrap Supreme. And that is not in a tilbot, in a, an on offer where there's like a selection of different things that you would get, say like a Crunchwrap Supreme soda and fries or something like that, or extra chips or something. That is not the case that I'm talking about. I'm just talking about you buying these things individually. So my memory of Taco Bell as a kid was that it was not very expensive and I definitely wouldn't have paid this price. I mean, it wouldn't have, my allowance wouldn't have allowed it. (laughs) So that is just kind of an interesting thing too, to keep in mind if you're really into Taco Bell. What I didn't see according to in the U.S. was there no Mexican pizza, which I don't know if that's a new thing, but I just remember looking on Taco Bell's Instagram and like, wow, okay, they have Mexican pizza. Whatever, you know, that means, I guess it's just a bunch of <laughs> things in the shape of pizza. Because, I mean, I, I don't know if Mexican pizza in Mexico exists. That's what I'm saying. And then breakfast options. That was pretty new to me as well. That That is a choice at Taco Bell. No whip freeze, which is a type of drink. There's no double decker, there's no Doritos Locos Taco, and there are no desserts, at least according to the Taco Bell website. So just keep yourself, you know, prepared for that if you were to come to Taco Bell here. Next is Pizza Hut. They have one location and there are 17 pizzas, 10 with pepperoni. A small pizza can range from $9.07, literally just a cheese pizza, to $14. And that, of course, is depending on the ingredients on the already designed or, you know, types of pizzas you can choose from. But a large pizza can cost between $16.10 and $27.35. So sides include breadsticks, garlic breadsticks, cheese-filled breadsticks, boneless wings, nachos, and fries. And it's so funny that there's literally the same drink options as Sbarro, which is like Pepsi, 7-Up, Mountain Dew, Applesine, which is an Icelandic orange soda, and then Kristall, which is an Icelandic brand of seltzer water, uh, and then two types of juice that you can find here in Iceland. So the dessert that you can possibly get if you want from Pizza Hut is chocolate cake. So what's different in, in the U.S. is that there are also 10 pizzas on the U.S. site that I saw, but I noticed that they have so many types of ways that it could have been made. So it could be hand-tossed, it could be a pan pizza, thin and crispy, stuffed crust, um, skinny slice. <laughs> I was like, wow. So in the U.S. it's like so many options. And in Iceland, at least according to what I saw online, that is not an option that you have it is that you get the pizza according to what ingredients that you you have you want if it's already made you could of course create your own but there's not all these like hand toss pan you know whatever and also in the u.s they point out that they have an option for gluten-free pizza which you can make on your own which i know there are plenty of people who are finding that they're gluten sensitive or may even have celiac disease. So that's nice to be able to go out and have pizza, you know, with other people who might not have the same issue. Regarding pasta, wings, breadsticks, cheese sticks, fries, and jalapenos, that was of course the same 
or similar on the US menu, but there just seemed to be a little bit more variety. And then for dessert, there was definitely more variety than the hot chocolate cake or lava chocolate cake here in Iceland. So in the US, it seems that Hershey has some deal with Pizza Hut because it's a Hershey toasted s'mores cookie and chocolate brownie. It's also a Hershey's chocolate chip cookie, cinnamon sticks, and apple pies. And then a decent amount of sauces. So like if you wanted sauces for like blue cheese and whatever else, maybe for your wings, I guess, or you know breadsticks, I don't know. Uh, so there was just more variety, it seems, in, on the U.S. menus than here in Iceland. So, And of course, I don't believe Hershey would ink a deal here just because a lot of chocolate manufacturers or a decent amount of chocolate manufacturers in Iceland. So maybe that's a missed opportunity for some chocolate uh, companies here to have like a signature dish at a franchise. But I don't know, maybe they'll listen to this podcast or come up with it on their own. Who knows? So the last one on this list that I found and has one location is TGIF, you know, TGI Fridays. And there, this list was a little bit strange. So this is in Smaurland, which is the mall or one of the malls here in Iceland. And they're in this area that's like a food court area. To start off with, what I found were two different menus. And I think the takeaway menu was during the time when people were a lot more cautious regarding COVID. That has not been a thing as of recently, even though there's a potential for an upswing that's being talked about. But I'm going to read off at least what I found and then, you know, go into what I've seen as difference in the U.S., at least based off the advertisements. So... TGI Friday's barbecue ribs is definitely the signature here. And for a whole rack of them, you would pay $28. And this, of course, comes with sides. So the things I'm talking about with these main dishes, they come with, you know, vegetables or fries or whatever else. So $28. And then for half a rack of ribs is $19.90. Then they have their signature glazed, which is $28, the glazed ribs. And then Friday's. 200 gram steak which is quite hefty that's $32.70 they have like their signature chicken $22 for two breasts and then $20 just for one bacon cheeseburger $16 around 17 almost uh Bernays burger 20 chicken sandwich $18 ultimate double burger 22 so as you're getting you can see that the range is like the lowest you'll pay for a main is $17.93 and that is for a grilled chicken Caesar salad whereas the most of course would be for the steak which is $32.70 so I think that's pretty on par and I'm not saying the price necessarily but like types of dishes that you find at TGI Fridays on the takeaway menu that I saw and I, I think they might have this on the full menu because when I saw the menu that comes up as a PDF, it seemed kind of small, but the takeaway menu is a lot more extensive. So the appetizers there, like mozzarella sticks, sesame chicken strips, chicken wings, all that stuff, range from around $11 to $18, whereas like main dishes, like I mentioned, the range there. Um, and then there were just like a lot more options in general, like a Beyond Burger. <laughs> in the event that you're a vegetarian, it says it's vegetarian, so... Not vegan, but maybe they can make it vegan by not putting mayonnaise on it or, you know, whatever else <laughs> that could make it to have 
probably some kind of dairy or egg. I saw though on Iceland's TGI Friday's Facebook photo post that there are potato skins. However, there are no potato skins on their actual menu anywhere that I found. And I, again, I have not been to the actual location. So that was really surprising to me because it seems like potato skins is something that TGI Friday in the U.S. like prides themselves on being like on their menu and a lot of people love them. And also the post on Facebook looked quite generic. It looked like from corporate headquarters of TGI Friday, they have standard photos that their franchises can use. Because again, like it didn't really match what I was finding on the menu necessarily, according to TGI Friday's license website. So just something to keep in mind. They do seem to serve drinks, like alcoholic drinks, because that is a thing that I remember being at TGI Friday's. But um, they weren't really going into that on the menu. And I think that's also like in Iceland, you're not really supposed to advertise alcohol and stuff like that. So that could be the reason why. So in the US, they're were on their menus loaded southwest potato twist i don't think you're gonna find that at all in iceland fried and battered shrimp wasn't on the menu here and then i didn't see any desserts on the online menus in iceland i think that maybe they're just not updating them it must be because that seems really odd to have a location like this to have all these other things that are very dinner oriented and then you're you don't have dessert so i might just have to take a trip over there check it out (laughs) for research you know but it's been super busy here so unfortunately can't get to all the places before putting out this episode but if you have been you want to drop in the comments about any desserts you've seen or other items on the menu feel free to do so i'm always happy to include things in the show notes just to kind of keep things more up to date or you know informative basically is what i'm trying to say All right, now we're going to move on to restaurants that are no longer in Iceland. So they came, they tried, they failed, unfortunately for them. I mean, you know, maybe it's better off for local restaurants, but it is quite fascinating. Start off with the most surprising for many is McDonald's. Next is Dunkin' Donuts, Krispy Kreme, Ruby Tuesdays, Burger King, Popeyes, Papa John's, Dairy Queen, and Little Caesars. So yeah, these are all the ones that have been to Iceland and set up shop. Some of them are really great locations. Like Dunkin' Donuts was downtown on Lögerveir, well, Bankostræti, I think, technically. And they seem to be all right. But yeah, it just didn't work out. And like I mentioned, some of these places were before my time, but I do remember Krispy Kreme. I do remember Ruby Tuesdays. Uh, The other ones, I was not aware, for instance, that Dairy Queen had been here. Ice cream, if you heard some of my other episodes, you would know ice cream is a huge thing here. People love their ice cream. So Dairy Dairy Queen, excuse me, would have had to really bring, you know, something so different than what Icelanders are used to, which I do think they have different things, but the amount of ice cream shops in this country is incredible. In fact, I should probably do an episode about that, <laughs> like that industry too, because it's it's amazing how much Icelanders love their ice cream and the amount of ice cream shops that are still going strong. And they stay up, they stay open late as well. That's how you know they're doing well because if they can afford to have employees, like overhead in terms of employees is so expensive in Iceland. That's usually what hurts a lot of companies. 
And yeah, they will usually stay open to like 11 because people will go and get ice cream at all times of the day and, and the night. So you might be wondering, like I'd mentioned earlier, what caused these restaurants to fail while others still stuck around? So I'm going to move on to the random fact of the episode so you don't have to wait too much longer to find out at least one of the main reasons. And I have two random facts of the episode. The first, and I'd love for you to take a guess, the oldest surviving foreign food chain, so U.S. foreign food chain restaurant in Iceland is, drum roll, <laughs> KFC. They opened in 1980 in Hafnafjörður, and like I mentioned, they have six locations now. And they also have like, you know, similar to McDonald's where they have the like slide <laughs> and uh, places for children to play and stuff like that. They, they do that at KFC here because kids are such an integral part. And going to KFC was more like a family event for many people. I think that has sort of changed. And Icelanders would say in Icelandic that they're going to Kentucky. Like, Let's go to Kentucky. And, you know, to someone from the outside that might be like, What? <laughs> Are we just going on an afternoon trip to Kentucky? That's kind of strange. But, of course, they meant KFC. Regarding why some of these places that I mentioned earlier didn't make it, and this is a quote from the Reykjavik Grapevine, and they're quoting David Thorlaxon uh, in 2019, who at the time was the Director of Competitiveness at the Confederation of Icelandic Enterprise, and I do feel like this is something that's still very much a factor. So according to David, the country's, and this is quoting him, uh, the country's geographical isolation leads to higher transportation costs that pose problems for restaurants that need to import a large portion of their resources. KFC and Domino's proudly use Icelandic products in their food. McDonald's, on the other hand, sorts, McDonald's, on the other hand, sourced its materials from the corporation's supplier in Germany. The Icelandic krona fell significantly against the euro and everything else after the 2008 banking crisis, and the resulting price increase management believed would be too high. David, David pointed out that fluctuation of the ISK, so the Icelandic kroner, poses a risk for everybody doing business in Iceland, for foreign restaurant chains, the problem is that all income is in Icelandic kroner, while many resources need to be imported and purchased in a foreign currency, and the chains will expect their dividends in their local currency. This can create an imbalance that can be mitigated with cost with costly hedging. End quote. So yeah, again, you know, this is to me not surprising because I live here. But for others, hearing that it's so expensive to get ingredients might be like, wow, that's insane to think that you had to buy a bag of onions from Germany, specifically to be aligned with McDonald's branding and taste quality and stuff like that, which, you know, there are people who have their own opinions, I'll say, <laughs> about that. And McDonald's, even though it's not here, there is a restaurant called Metro. So the same owner of McDonald's basically made what would be considered like a replica, but it isn't the same as McDonald's. I mean, people keep saying it's the same. It's like, it's not, they don't have the branding. You're not getting the same ingredients. You have similar ingredients. So if you do want to try Icelandic version of McDonald's, you can go to Metro 
but it is technically different. And if it makes people happy, great. But I think you can't just, you know, slap on another label and not have the same ingredients and, you know, quality. And I'm saying, I'm using quality loosely, meaning like everybody might not feel that McDonald's is quality at all. Um, But products they consider to be in line with their brand. I'll say it like that. Uh, And then call it, you know, uh, McDonald's 2.0 or something. It, It isn't McDonald's. So I try to be really careful about that just because... I don't want to mislead people into thinking it's something it's not, but at least you're aware of it. And if you want to try that is a local chain that's here. And there are a few of them that are around in the Reykjavik area. And also, I guess I have three random facts. Well, there is the last McDonald's hamburger and fries on display. And I'll put a link in the show notes about it. Uh, It's creepy. It, I think it turned 10 or something like that. It's still still no mold or whatever on it. And I know what you're thinking. That's disgusting. And I'd have to agree with you. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. This is even a possibility. But it is on display in just like this random location if people wanted to see it. Or maybe even might, it might even be that it's a live feed. I have to look into it. But you'll see the link in the show notes if you want to check it out. And then lastly, the Icelandic word of the episode is... Skin de bete. Skin de bete. Skin de bete. And that means fast food. So now you at least know the name for all the food, or the category, I should say, of the food that I've been discussing in this episode. I appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to try one of the U.S. food chains here, definitely go for it. And like mentioned, there are some that source directly from Iceland. So if you were to eat at Domino's or KFC, at least you know you're getting that version of ingredients from the country. And that may or may not you know, play a role in the taste for you, uh, whether it's better or not as good than the place in which you normally get your food from, you know, KFC wise or whatever, Domino's, Pizza Hut, all of those. So appreciate you listening. Feel free to share this with other people who you know are coming here. And it might be those who like to go to different countries and of course try local cuisine, but also try food chains that they are familiar with from wherever they live.